Today's story is actually a story that was sent in by a few people. Apparently, it's a legendary story, but I don't know anything about this, and it creates a whole saga of its own. If you want to submit your own stories, you can do so via the links down below, but don't forget to drop a thumbs up, subscribe with notifications turned on, and follow on Spotify. This story comes from Neckbeard Stories and is titled The Introduction of Good Sir Samwell, or Why My Stomach Now Turns at the Smell of Spaghetti Sauce. Hi, everyone. It's Lady Saber. Player one is me, Lady Saber, 16 years old at the time. I'm Finnish. I grew up in Belgium, here in America on a two-year exchange program at this time. I'm still new to the country. School, going through a culture shock. I'm heavy into fencing. It's been my sport for something like 10 years. For neckbeards, this seems to make me the katana-wielding milady of their dreams. Player two is smooth-cheeked neckbeard. We'll call him Samuel Tarley. Fat as all get out, wears cargo shorts. Bazinga shirt, sandals, and yes, the fedora. He also smells like sweat and old spaghetti sauce. He has a really high-pitched nasally voice that sounds like a whiny toddler. Player three is John. He shares half of my courses and is really good at chess. He has a southern accent that I could listen to all day. I'm keeping his description limited so that I don't sound obsessive. I met Samwell at chess club. I'm pretty aware that it's a neckbeard spawn point by now, but I go because I like to play. There are some good apples like John, so I was mostly there just to talk to him. However, today he's running late and gets upstaged by Samwell. I'm setting up the board and the seat across from me is empty, so Samwell asked me to play. I politely try to turn him down, telling him that I was waiting for someone. Sam replies with, Well, I don't see him. I grind my teeth a little at that. Samwell plops into the chair. He introduces himself with a tip of the fedora. I wish I was kidding. I'm not aware of the neckbeard stereotype at this point, otherwise I probably would have lost it right there. I play with Samwell though, rather than excuse myself. It quickly becomes clear that he's not familiar with most of the special rules of chess. He accuses me of cheating on more than one occasion. First, when I make an en passant capture, then when I castle queenside. He also tries to castle out of check. It's profoundly annoying. Not because of what he's doing, I'm perfectly willing to teach a new player the rules, but because he's certain that he right about it. He reminds me a lot of Michael Scott from The Office, just generally throwing a fit and whining like a child when he's wrong, except more annoying and cringy. Samwell is trying to make conversation with me. I'm not really sure what about because I can't stand to listen to his voice. He's swearing like a sailor, I guess trying to sound edgy, but with his voice, he just sounds like another kid on Xbox Live. I'm not able to tune out his food, however. In the middle of our game, he breaks out this all-you-can-eat buffet of pop pasta, raviolis, and God knows what else packaged up in Tupperware. Thanks, Mom. My food etiquette is probably a little uptight compared to most Americans, but this was just obscene. He's shoveling it in mid-sentence, chewing and smacking with his mouth open and spilling stuff on himself. The food by itself smells like death, and his face hole wasn't making things better. Meat sauce residue moves from spoon to face to fingers to chest pieces with alarming speed. We get closer and closer to the end of the game, and Samuel takes longer and longer to move, even when he only has one possible move he can make. Answer John 
Finally, he sees me playing with Samuel and looks a little hurt that he's been upstaged, but he's content just to watch. I can tell John is put off by the smell too. John and I get a small side conversation going and Samuel is eyeing us back and forth. Samuel asks if John is my boyfriend. Awkward. This is only going two ways. Yes, we are dating and you're the third wheel or no, we aren't dating and awkward. John and I laugh nervously and tell him no. Chivalry ensues. Well, why don't you have a boyfriend? Well, I haven't been here for very long. Okay, when you do, make sure you watch out for all the jerks and D-bags in this school who don't really know how to treat a lady. For the record, I was already well acquainted with the nice guy TM mentality. Call it morbid curiosity, but I decided to press the topic with Samwell. What do you mean? Well, lots of guys, unlike myself, treat women like objects. Most women have never been treated like a woman by a good guy. I'm not exaggerating this quote by an inch. It's forever etched into my memory like a spaghetti stain on white pants. John is standing to the side and slightly behind Samuel, cocking his head just a bit, giving me, is this guy for real eyes? I can see the train coming down the track, so I try to change the subject, but my good, gentle sir cannot neglect to impose upon milady his philosophies. Most girls don't realize how beautiful they really are, especially without makeup. So they degrade themselves to get the attention of guys who don't deserve them anyway. Like, I bet if you didn't wear so much makeup, you could get a boyfriend like that. Three tries later, he snaps his fingers. I went from cringe to rage pretty quickly. Ended up making a stupid mistake, and the game ended in stalemate, which he treated like a world champion victory. There's not quite enough time left and lunch to play another game with John, but too much time to leave early. I politely decline a handshake with Samwell and stand to talk to John. Samwell, sensing that he is needed in our conversation, hauls himself from his seat. There is really only a narrow lane between the chess tables and the computers. Two people can stand face to face, but three people of normal girth would have trouble. Talk about an elephant in the room. Samwell sidles up next to me, mouth breathing and sweating, injecting himself into our conversation like a bad batch insulin. I don't quite remember how, but fencing comes up and Samwell's eyes go big. Whoa, you fence? Like with swords? That's so cool. Where do you fence at? I get this question a lot more than you might think. Most people don't really know much about the sport in the United States, so this is a pretty harmless way of stimulating conversation about it. I didn't think much of it and eventually gave him the contact info for the gym that I go to. I doubted he'd ever go past Googling it. At most, maybe give it to someone else. My coaches here are really fantastic people, so I try to promote them as much as possible. Holy ravioli. I was in for a shock. Fencing practice is coming up next in part two. Part two will be in the next video in this series, so make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss that, but let's break down what just happened here. Since this is the beginning of what is apparently a long chronicling saga that the OP has with Sir Samuel, we can see here in the very, very beginning she's basically just trying to not be mean to him in any way that she can. I mean, even when he asks her weird questions that she doesn't really like, she still kind of plays along in order to make him not feel awkward. And maybe that's because she feels bad for him or she just treats everyone nicely, whatever it is. But she picks up pretty fast how he is, it seems like. Some of the ways that she describes Samuel are kind of mean, but I mean, if this is really what happened, this is really what he did, then that's what he did. The part that seemed like got under his skin the most above anything else is the part where he said, 
because most girls don't realize how beautiful they really are, especially without makeup. So they degrade themselves to get the attention of guys who don't deserve them anyway. Like, I bet if you didn't wear so much makeup, I bet you can get a boyfriend like that. It seemed like she almost knew exactly where that was going before it came. I mean, she even describes it as train coming down the tracks. And maybe this is just something that she's tired of hearing people say in general in life. But somehow she knew that this specific guy would say something like that. And that made her go from cringe to rage extremely fast and understandably so. I mean, if somebody's commenting on your appearance when you don't want them to comment on anything that has to do with you, when you're already going out of your way to be nice to them, which is probably how she sees it, of course, that's going to be infuriating for something like that to happen. But as we begin this saga, let me know what you guys think so far of the characters and what would you do if you were in this situation and who is the biggest jerk here? Because there is, I guess, a little bit of debate about who people think is the jerk in the situation. So like I said, the next part of this saga will be in the next episode in this series, but for the rest of this video, we're going to go through some more neckbeard stories. So here's the next one. My first neckbeard encounter at college. I'm not entirely sure if this guy counts as a full neckbeard, but he definitely has the appearance and some of the behaviors of some of the stories from these subreddits. So I wanted to share my experience since it's been dwelling in me for a while. I needed to get it off my chest. For context, I currently go to a London college and because I get really stressed out over any hints of being late, I always come to school at least 20 to 30 minutes before class begins. During this time, I usually play games on my phone or on my Nintendo Switch. Also relevant, this will come later, I am short. I'm five foot and I identify as non-binary. Because my class is on top, the fourth floor of my college, when I arrive to school, usually the entire floor is empty, save for a few staff members such as janitors. But one day, as I was walking to my usual chill space, I walked past another student from another class. I noticed he was looking at me as I went past him, but I paid him no mind. I have autism and social anxiety, so striking up conversations with strangers isn't really my thing. Plus, I just wanted to play The Binding of Isaac before class, and that was the only thing on my mind at the time. As I put down my backpack, took off my coat, took a few bursts of my inhaler, I could hear somebody approach me. I assumed it was a staff member going to their office since there's one close to where I relax, but then I felt a presence really close to me, and then a, hey, I look up and I see that student I walked past. He's big, no offense but taller than me and generally somewhat intimidating to me, comparing my small stature to his. Being a friendly people pleaser, I decided to engage in conversation as much as my adrenaline and anxiety was going off and I was visibly shaking a little. He asked me what my name was and I told him, Allie. He was like, huh, a woman called Allie. That's interesting. Important to note, he referred to girls as women and boys as dudes. Really weird to me. When I told him, oh, well, I identify as non-binary and Ali is my preferred name. He seemed pretty shocked about it. I totally understand people may be taken aback by meeting someone transgender for the first time, but something felt kind of off about the way he went about it, being overly cautious about referring to me. But no worries, I've had worse. I'll cut down the rest of our conversation that day since I don't remember some of it, but something to point out was the way he boasted about his high IQ. He proudly told me after college he wanted to do both university and an apprenticeship, and whilst this can be done in some classes, I tell him, that's kind of difficult to pull off. 
And what was his response? I'll be fine. I have a high Q. With a big smile. Also, when he asked me how old I was and found out I was a year older than him, I laughed it off like, haha, I know. Filipinos are small. I'm half Filipino. And he just went, aren't Filipinos supposed to be dark skinned? I don't know. That really took me off guard. Anyway, our second time meeting, our final interaction really took the entire cake plus the plate and the whole dining table. This was the most absurd and red flag waving interaction I've ever had so far in my entire life. We hadn't seen each other for a few weeks due to teacher strikes and one week holiday. But when he came to school, he yet again walked the entire length of the floor just to come talk to me and asked, where have you been? Obviously, I get anxious again and I'm just like, teacher strikes? Holiday? Because surely he had those too. And why does he care? We only interacted once. There's no way you missed me. Anyway, he went on to tell me he got a job. That's great. It's hard getting a job at our age. And I was kind of curious what his job was. And he told me his job was a Discord moderator. I was like, you get paid to moderate a Discord server? And he nodded and told me he gets paid more than minimum wage. I was pretty shocked. I mean, no offense to moderators out there, but he was getting paid about eight pounds an hour to moderate one server. I was getting kind of suspicious now. What kind of server is it? I asked. It's for 11 and 12 year olds, he said, smiling. Oh no. Oh God, no. This guy, a 16 year old moderating a server intended for 11 and 12 year olds is bad enough. But not only does it go against Discord's terms and conditions also, isn't that literally just a breeding ground for horrible things to happen? And he was being paid more than a minimum wage to moderate a server for children? This felt really bad. Obviously, I had to ask him, how do you know the server owner isn't a creep? He replied, she's a girl. I said, you know girls can be creeps too, right? And he went, really? I was absolutely astonished that this man believed girls couldn't be creeps or associates or helpers, whatever. I just could not believe the fact that this guy knew or even thought, because people can lie on the internet, shocker, that the owner was a girl and that meant to him that, oh, she's not a creep. Girls can't be creeps. High IQ, my butt. I started freaking out, mostly internally because I was trying to keep my cool. But I started asking him things like, how do you know this isn't some sort of breeding ground for horrible things? And how do you know that these kids you're moderating aren't actually adults pretending? And how do you know you're not just being paid to cover up something illegal? And his response was simply, hey, you're making me paranoid. I'm going to lose my job. Anyway, after that, he avoided me like I was the plague. He would hide by the elevators, stare at the walls, turn himself away from me, and he knew he ruined his reputation. Honestly, I'm glad he finally took the hint. The whole time I was visibly uncomfortable during our interactions, and when my friends arrived at school, they could also see that I was uncomfortable. I used to dread coming in on Thursdays. It was the only day we both had classes. He did business, and I did animation and games because I feared interacting with him more. But now, I feel free and relieved. No more really weird and off conversations. Obviously, more happened, and I do remember these, but for the sake of keeping this relatively short, I cut out the parts I thought weren't very interesting. But trust me, there was a lot of really weird conversation, mostly one-sided, because he seemed so desperate to talk to me. So, was I the jerk? So about the whole Discord server thing, if he was that excited to talk to the OP about it, and then the OP started saying all of these concerns that they had, I'm kind of surprised that the guy, or the neckbeard as the OP puts it, isn't trying to explain what the Discord server is when he's getting paid to do this. I mean, all he says is, stop, you're making me paranoid, but isn't actually addressing the concerns of the OP. I mean, the OP seems seriously 
seriously concerned about this and that could all be alleviated by saying, oh no, it's actually this or it's actually that. I mean, assuming that's true, but he doesn't say anything. He just lets the OP be paranoid and the OP kind of just has to accept it, I guess. But in this situation, the OP just seems more relieved to not have to deal with this guy anymore than to actually have to go in and investigate further to see what his job is because the OP doesn't want to deal with him anymore. So let me know if you've ever had an interaction like this yourself and if so, what would you do? And also, who was the jerk in this situation, if anyone? Don't forget to subscribe to the channel with notifications turned on. Follow on Spotify if you haven't already and leave your opinions down below in the comments. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. We'll see you next time.